This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to the Thursday edition of the Best Bet Show, Fuel 68's finest presentation, all sponsored by Bet Rivers. Mr. McKeon, Mr. Root, Mr. Cox will be giving you all kinds of good intel and nuggets today. A lot of Pac-12 tonight. Got some Big Ten tonight. A lot of WCC, Conference USA. We'll hit all of it. Kai, to you first, of course. Um, You're a learner, a very astute observer. Uh, Uh, Please relay what you did observe and learn last night. Well, free throws, free throws are free. Yep, that's what I've I've known for a, a while, Matthew. But last night really hammered it in. Oklahoma State missed 10 of them in a three point win. Tough, tough breaks there. Also, West Virginia, Iowa State, one of the worst ref games I've seen in my entire life. Random charge calls, 11 fouls in the first four minutes of the second half. It was terrible. And then the 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 topper, Jim, a charge call 25 feet away from the basket on the sideline with four seconds left. Just couldn't get a, a much worse ref game, that one. Uh, it ruined what should have been a really, really good game to watch. Yeah, those are frustrating. I don't like even the idea of taking charges that far from the basket. Like yes. The whole point is you're protecting the basket usually with that. Right. Um, I, I guess if you want to call it like player control, eh, that's fine. Uh, yeah. Shout out to San Diego State. Big road win for them. Uh, Utah State didn't get the, the Q1 win that they needed. Um, and then the Creighton ascent, man, just continues. I, I, I don't know that they're top five in the country the way they were preseason, but they seem tucking nicely into that 11-ish, 10 to 12 range where we all had them preseason, us three, the Weavers. So shout out to them. Lastly, Jerry Stackhouse, heck of a final play to beat Tennessee. Just a gorgeous little design, sideline out of bounds, got a wide open corner three. Cheers to the Commodores for a big W, Matthew. Yeah, doors are solid. I think underrated. You know, there's a reason the coaches voted him the best X's and O's guys in the league in our All-Mac. You saw right there firsthand. I think that team is... A subtle by low and Kai Tennessee, you know, is this kind of the same old flame out that we're used to seeing as we come down the stretch? Curious to see where they end up in the bracket. Um, we know that's not always gone well for Mr. Barnes in the first round, a second round, too. Uh, I have no additional takeaways other than uh, the West Virginia Kai. Yeah, that was terrible. I watched it. That was that was not good. So, um, Awful. yeah, Matt, getting a little Cheers chat you. feedback that you're louder than Kai and I on the microphone. Hmm. Okay, I turned down my mic again. I will continue to turn it down. I know I'm basically like breathing through it because I'm so close to it. Make that adjustment right now. Uh, we're down yeah, to five. I, I don't know if it's your you're that level. super loud. I think it's maybe Kai and I are just a little mellow or quieter. Right, we'll so speak you gotta get up to our level. Speak up. Come on, project. No, I don't want to. You have confidence. I don't, don't want to make out with my mic the way you are. Speaking up. Uh, Joey said I'm not that bad. So, you know what? Me and Joey are going to ride together, and the rest of you are all wrong. So, I lowered it to five. I'm still loud. Please continue to thank you, William. Uh, Ed said I'm good. <laughs> Jeff said I'm All right. Hey, let's move forward. We got Pac 12 to start off our outline here. We're going out West Gym to the pit. The Flying Ducks are hosting USC. Minus four is the opening line here. Basically, market implying these two teams are equals. I think that's a fair assumption. Um, I was on record as saying I actually like this USC team in our podcast yesterday. 
um, a, a crazy notion after I basically almost got Kai banned from USC as a credential media mm-hmm. member because I was so harsh to Enfield in my preview three years ago. Oh, how the tables have turned. I yes. like the Trojans tonight, Kai. I am out on the Oregon late season mm-hmm. upswing that we're all waiting for. Selling that, I'm buying USC. I don't know what's happened to me, but that's where I am. I like the Trojans tonight. My immediate gut reaction was USC, for sure. They they just feed on Pac-12 uh, uh, opponents, and Oregon's vulnerable, and USC has the size to combat the Ducks. However, injuries are kind of scaring me here. Josh Morgan is still out indefinitely. Uh, Reese Dixon Waters also missed last game. He's TBD for this one as well. That just takes away a lot of their offense, those two guys. More, more so depth, um, but also two guys that have been in the starting lineup most of the year. Um, Oregon's due for major shooting regression, Jim. There's that word, chat mob. Teams are shooting 82% from the free throw line against them in Pac-12 play. 82%. That's almost impossible. Uh, it was a th- full three percentage points higher than anybody in the country for the entire year. Oregon is third the worst in the country, 78.5% of the year. And teams also shoot the three well against them. The Ducks themselves just haven't hit threes. Maybe they're not as good a shooting team as their opponents. That certainly could be the case, but it has to even out a little bit. Eventually, it's going to correct. That plus the injuries has me kind of staying away from USC here, Jim. But I don't trust Oregon either, so I'm not backing them. Yeah, the offset for Morgan is is Iwachukwu, the five-star freshman mm-hmm. who's just stepped into the starting lineup for the first time last game, has played in seven contests now. Seems like he could maybe cover what Morgan's missing, but Dixon Waters is in absence. Um, or what, is, uh, what does Bill Walton call him? Reese Waters Davis, I think is what he calls him. <laughs> like, no matter what, Dave Pash corrects him every time, and he just goes with Waters Davis every time. Uh, so shout out to Mr. Walton there. Uh, Maddie, I, I kind of figured um, Altman would dominate this matchup, but they're only nine and nine against the spread uh, against each other. Altman versus Enfield and Enfield's won uh, and covered seven of the last 10. So it's been tilting way towards Enfield lately. And that kind of makes sense. USC's had better teams lately, teams that I almost trust more than Oregon. Like if other teams had brought in the transfer talent that Oregon did, I think we'd be like, ugh. Kusnard, yeah, right, Bartholomew, right. yeah, great. I, like I've never been a huge Garrier guy, and it hasn't really come together. Um, so I actually do lean towards USC here as well. There is the back against the wall Oregon angle. Like you have to win both of these games against the LA schools to have a shot at the bubble. But USC is in a fight for for seating and, and bubble stuff too. So I'm not going to go too far into that. I lean USC. Yeah, I was kind of hoping Oregon would have this front line like dominance identity start to come forth, but. They've been dominated inside by other teams recently, which is odd. So, yeah, I don't, that team's in a real identity crisis. I think Altman's pessimism in his postgame pressers kind of speaks to that. Um, and yeah, we'll see how Iwachuku steps in. I think he's still kind of on minutes restriction there, but uh, Morgan is a notable loss. He's an awesome rim protector. So, uh, maybe the over actually, it'd like to be a high scoring affair. Kai, we stay out west. Two teams that are, I would say, net sells for myself currently. Stanford is hosting Arizona State. Bobby Hurley doing the typical Bobby Hurley late season swoon. Stanford is kind of on the up right now. They've won four of their last five, but two of those were against Oregon State and Cal. So, you know, whoop de doo mm-hmm. um, Market like Stanford. Market's kind of like Stanford in a lot of spots this year. That I didn't really understand why. Bet this up to minus three, short home favorite. Again, basically implying these two teams are net equals on a neutral. What do you think about this one? Uh, Arizona State needs this game like blood to stay in the tournament. They're sliding massively. A road win here. Keeps them somewhat in the picture. And Stanford's nice streak got ended by Colorado, Matt. Yeah, you mentioned the games they they won recently. Chicago State, they barely won. They got bludgeoned by Colorado last game. I, I think Arizona State's better on a neutral. I, they're more talented. They're way more athletic. 
And I think they should cause issues for Stanford's backcourt. For Stanford, James Keith has missed the last couple of games. He's a good rebounder, adds front court depth for them. Um, I think he's kind of important in this matchup. Um, like I said, Arizona State needs this. And that three-headed guard combo they have, they can take over games. They can create. They can win games for the Sun Devils. I lean Arizona State plus three. I do too. This one, just like before I had even really looked at my numbers and stuff, I just saw this line and thought, oh, yeah, I'm surprised to see Stanford favor here. I just don't think that team's very good at all. Uh, and Arizona State has at least shown flashes of competence, although not many of them lately. That's not really their uh, their bag is success in Pac-12 play. They're kind of the opposite of, U- of USC, where we think USC trends up pretty well against Pac-12 play or Pac-12 yeah. opponents. Not so much Hurley. Uh, Matt Hurley's 8-5 and five against the spread against Haas, uh, but has lost the last two. Probably not, not anything strong worth, worth uh, actionable uh, evidence there. Yeah. I just kind of think Arizona State's better gut was very hard towards the Sun Devils, um, close to taking them. Right. I mean, I know Arizona State's in this, you know, demise, but, you know, UCLA, USC at home. I mean, they didn't cover either of those two games. They were both competitive-ish. Lost to Washington in overtime on the road. Washington State wasn't great. They beat Oregon State at home. Lost or I mean, it hasn't been like a disaster, right? It just hasn't been as as good as we saw for the first few months. Oh, mm-hmm. Shooting 29% from three so far in conference play, which I think makes sense. That team doesn't have many shooters. So maybe that regression is actually um, for real, not a fluke. Anything. I mean, anyway, nothing for me. Uh, Pac-12 after dark is usually a stay away for me. It's kind of a general theme. All right, Kat, we're going to Big Ten country for the next two here. Ohio State hosting Northwestern. Speaking about teams in a rut right now, my goodness, how low can the Buckeyes go? Yeah. But when you see Northwestern catching only five on the road at Ohio State, my ears seem to, uh, I guess my eyes seem to perk up here. Conflicting dynamics. What did you make of it? Man, I had a heavy lean towards Northwestern, actually. Um, I think Ohio State's broken. They've lost four in a row. They've lost nine in the last ten. It, it's gotten bad. And Chris Holtman is clearly frustrated. He got a technical last game. He told Tom Izzo he's just not doing well. And, and fans are calling for his job. So I, I think it's become sort of a def- uh uh, a no-win situation there at Ohio State. Now, they killed Northwestern before they started on this swoon. They got up by 28 on the road at Northwestern. They won by 16. It's just a different team now. And Northwestern has matchup angles. They should live at the line. Um, Ohio State's defense has been soft, despite all their muscle and their perceived size. And like I said, man, they're just in disarray. I, I lean towards the Cats, Jim. I kind of lean the other way, which is disgusting. Um, I just I, Ohio State, I think... While very frustrating, and yes, in a massive, massive rut, they're in a Northwestern-esque rut, like losing a ton of mm-hmm. Big Ten games yes. is kind of what Collins is known for. Um, I still look at that first game, and I think a lot of what they did is repeatable. Northwestern shot 10 of 36 inside the arc, like couldn't score yeah. in the paint. That's kind of a problem, and Ohio State won the rebounding battle by nine, partially due to that bad Northwestern shooting. You get a lot of defensive rebounds that way. Uh, but Matt, I, I, something in this makes me lean towards Ohio Feels State. Get righty. Feels get righty. Yeah, I guess sort that. of get righty, and and they you know, controlled the first matchup, so there's got to be at least some confidence to that. Maybe it, maybe it boosts them. But Northwestern's been a lot better than I've given them credit for pretty much the entire season. So I could be too low on them. Um, it'd be Buckeyes or nothing, but uh, it's more nothing for me. I, I think the get right spot for me for Ohio State was last Thursday against Wisconsin at home. Like losing that game was kind of like that. Okay, yeah, they're broken, Kai. And then we saw the evidence going to Michigan. Um, I mean, it was lost by eight, nothing, no shame in that. But needed that game badly, still couldn't get it done. Not in on Michigan, so I don't know. Yeah, very stay away for me. Uh, next one here, Jim Purdue hosting Iowa. I think there's points galore in this game. That's the first thing I jumped out when I saw the matchup. 
The total is sitting at uh, 149 and a half, 150. I still think that's too low. I think this is an efficiency um, driven over for me. On the side, Purdue laying eight. Obviously, the angle here is pretty off the loss to IU. It's just kind of the get right, or I guess not get right, but bounce back with a uh, with the vengeance <clears> spot <throat> against the soft interior Hawkeye D. Your thoughts? I mean, it better be an efficiency driven over because Purdue doesn't play high tempo games at all. Like they haven't played a game over 65 possessions. I guess they had 67 against Sparty, but then it's has not been over 65 since mid-December. Like they really suck the life out of the game. They play through Edie. They know they need to stay in the half court. They want to run with him, let him play 30 minutes and, and not get too tired. That said, I think the efficiency could be high enough to 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 get there. I don't really know how Iowa guards him with Vibracha uh, and, and a lot of help. Maybe Ogundele plays. He, he did a bunch last year when they played against Edie and Williamson. They, they went to Josh Ogundele just because he's huge. 6'10", 280-pound guy, I think. Uh, so perhaps that helps him. I tend to think Edie just scores on whoever's down there. Um, and then Iowa's offense, ball movement, I, I think, can take advantage of the size of Purdue. So I kind of... I. I I see what Matt's going for there. I can't get there on betting the over because I don't think tempo is going to be there and I don't want to rely too much on efficiency. Um, but I, I get there's going to be a lot of points. I also lean Purdue on the side, Kai. Uh, I just think they're better at home. Iowa not great on the road. I think Jess said it in the chat. He doesn't trust Iowa on the road. Yeah. would kind of tend to agree with him. They did win at full strength Rutgers, so it's been done. True. Um, <laughs> but um, just, just a lean towards Iowa here. I think the spot in the matchup Purdue. is Purdue. Excuse me. Lean towards Purdue. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I think the spot in the match is Purdue. Off the Indiana loss, back at Mackey. We know they thrive here. And Iowa's defense is porous, man. Uh, Purdue's the second-best offense in the country. Zach Eady's not going to be stopped. Purdue will grab every missed shot. They grabbed 55% of their misses against Indiana. They should be able to do that, plus more against Iowa. Open looks when Iowa sends a double team. And on the other end, Purdue's defense has been pretty solid, especially inside. They just have to contend with Iowa's shooting ability. I think Gillis first, even Morton can be used as Keegan Murray defenders. They're all mobile. They all have size. I, I lean Purdue here, even though the spread is a touch high at eight met. Yeah, I was just looking at the home road splits for the entire Big Ten Conference. Um, of the 14 teams, eight have a positive cover margin at home, um, only four or are neutral or, I guess, negative on the road. So, yeah, I mean, the home court here is real. And I think with the spot coupled with that, um, certainly pretty hard lean to Purdue, but nothing official. So I kind of like Lante saying first half here. It remind, last year, Purdue got up like 15. Iowa stormed back with pressure in the second half. And, yeah, and I think cut down that. into the number. I kind of buy first half. You get a cheaper number too. Very much on board with that. Uh, chat mob round one. Jim, you are the czar. Let's run through it. Day ball, Matthew. We're talking your Seahawks. Oh, I want it. I want it. I want Wagner it. Wagner minus two and a half at St. Francis College, a.k.a. Brooklyn. What do you got for us? I had a best bet. Uh, add to the show here. I haven't played two in a while. I, I love this game. I don't know why I didn't bet this officially yet. Um, Wagner's going to smack St. Francis. Like they have that. Their St. Francis Brooklyn has their two point guards out. They're playing at a PE gym, not even their home gymnasium. I think Wagner's just better. Like they haven't been consistent, haven't been trustworthy. But in a game where you're taking a trip from Staten Island to Brooklyn, which is basically like a negative home value, um, I think Wagner kind of senses that they can make a run for this NEC title down the stretch. I like Wagner a lot here. Minus three. Lock me in for a last second at the horn bet. Best bet, Jimbo. Hey, St. Francis up. beat Wagner at Wagner just recently. Oh, oh and we'll revenge. Like like and we'll revenge angle to it. There. Yeah, yeah. we'll rub flippy floppy. Uh, sort of lean the under there, too. Day ball plus two. Gross. I know. Bad offenses and a team without two point guards. All right, Kai, you get one from the summit. UMKC 
at Western Illinois. Western Illinois, a two-point <laughs> home favorite in Macomb. Some it's really hard to bet. Man, I'd recommend betting a different conference, if, but if you have to. <laughs> I kind of agree. <laughs> I don't know. Eileen Western Illinois, I guess. Trenton Master has been incredible this season. Uh, he truly is a transcendent player in that league. Gives him a chance to win every single night. So I lean towards WIU. All right, Matthew, multiple questions about a big CUSA battle. Oh, it's on the outline. I couldn't remember which mid-major games made the outline. So UAB North Texas is coming after the break, folks. Don't worry. We'll get to that. Uh, Also in Conference USA, though, Matthias, Charlotte at UTEP. The Miners, your Miners, laying three at home. We're guessing Ali Khalifa is back for Charlotte after he missed two games. Never mind, 49ers. (laughs) 49ers, 49ers, Miners. Yeah. Um, yeah. After Khalifa missed two games due to COVID, Matt, we're expecting him to be cleared, but we don't know for sure. It's pretty big to the handicap. Yeah, and Charlotte's basically parked the bus without him the last two games. I watched a little bit of those FAU. They play IUFAU super slow, like even slower than with Khalifa in there. And if you can make UTEP shoot jump shots, that's a disaster for UTEP. It's a terrible shooting team. Look at their free. I think they're shooting like 56% from the free throw line in conference play. Just no shooting. It's going to be a disgusting game. Um, and to me, that gives me no confidence either side. I guess I like under. It's a low total, but I like the under at 121. I'm just waiting on that Khalifa news, man. That's yep. probably smart for side. Yeah. All right, Kai, we're going to talk St. Mary's coming off the Gonzaga win after the outline, but we do not have Gonzaga on the outline, and they are 14-point home favorites against San Francisco. Do you see a big bounce back from the Zags? Uh, Kind of. I, I don't know. I, I don't know how you can lay 14 right now with Gonzaga. They've, they've been one of the worst ATS teams in the country uh, this season. They're not blowing opponents away for the most part in the WCC and San Francisco kind of played with them uh, at, at their place. The Dons held held tough against them in the first matchup. Maybe it's an angry, you know, get right spot here for Gonzaga, but I think 14 is a lot of points. I'd probably lean towards the Dons or, or stay away. Yeah, Dons. I agree. Uh, Matthew, I'm sorry you're getting another NEC question from Daryl. Fairly Dickinson minus 12 at LAU. Actually, you know what? I'll take it. I'll take this. Yeah, one. you know, you, you have a better take here. Go. This felt a little bit high to me, but I also think LIU is horrific. And if you want to fade them, uh, I'm okay with that. FDU is in the title race. They need to stay in contention with Stonehill and their offense can score. So one of the few NEC offenses that's actually like possibly worth laying big points and their defense won't get abused by LIU's, LIU's awful offense. All right, Kai, from the Sun Belt, James Madison, minus four at Georgia Southern. Mm-hmm. We're hitting past questions here. What do you got? Uh, Votto Morse, I need to know his status for James Madison, their point guard. They did cover without him last game, uh, an impressive win. But Georgia Southern, tough at home. Uh, I would be scared to lay four without knowing if Morse is in the lineup or not. Matthew, our Owls down in Boca Raton. Game before the game, the game before Matt's going to be in the baby. house. Uh, the Owls minus 14 at home against Rice, who is kind of streaky. What do you think? Yeah, sleepy spot with the known fact that I'll be in the building for Saturday. So I think they sleepwalk here early. The uh, the other Owls, Jim, I think catch them a little bit sleepy coming out of the uh, coming out of the gate here. Um, in all seriousness, I think this is a little bit too high. I think Rice can make enough shots to keep it close. Um, but again, my rule is very clear. I'm not fading FAU. I do lean against them. I'm not betting them, though. All right, two more, and then back to the outline. Kai, Montana State is a minus four favorite at Weber State. Preseason conference favorite. Still trying to chase down Eastern Washington, but if the Eagles never lose, that might not matter. Yeah. I like Montana State. Lean their way here. Uh, they smoked Weber in the first matchup, and they've been 
ridiculous against the spread in big sky play. They've been dominant. Uh, this, this team rocks huge fans. They are better than Eastern Washington, despite EWU's record. Um, I, I lean towards Montana state. All right. And the last one, Matt, before the outline return, actually we're doing two more. Cause I'm going to take this first one. Uh, Pat's asking about Gardner Webb at Radford. I like Gardner Webb. I think Radford has been really good. They're sitting atop the league, but G Webb is just as good to me and, and very well coached. Really strong defensive team should be a grind, uh, really low total, obviously. So that's that's partially uh, encapsulated in that. But I think Gardner Webb can hang around and possibly even win. So Matt, that you that means you get from Ray Reyes Old Dominion minus one at the most frustrating shooting team in the country, Georgia State. Do you trust the Monarchs on the road? Mm, not a ton, but I certainly trust them more than Georgia State. Uh, I guess I'd lean that way, but nothing profound. I know Ben Stanley was questionable last game. Tried to play. Um, I think he matters for an offense that struggles to score at times. I, I'd wait to see what his status is. And I think ODU had a couple other guys banged up too. So I, I yeah. think I'd wait to bet ODU toward uh tip if you get info on starters. Yeah, Scott Grayson has returned and looks solid, Scott but Grayson, Stanley yeah. has not not yet come back. All right. That is it for Chat Mob Part One. Matthew, back to you. Hi, I'm gonna hockey pass this to you quickly here. Cut it out to the West Coast, two WCC tilts. First one is the ultimate. Potential letdown spot. St. Mary's off the overtime win against Gonzaga in overtime. That was a while ago, though. So, um, you know, they've been off and have had some time to let that hang over uh, you know, a road away. But now they go to LMU, a very dangerous, hot Lion team, who I might add has been without Rick Sands of the last two games. I know that's kind of a deep cut reference, but look at their splits without him. He They gave up 89 and 87 points. He's like their only real rim protector. Um, they are sieved defensively, and St. Mary's has consistently pick them apart. I think they do the same tonight here, Kai, but can LMU make enough shots to keep it close or pull off the upset? It's probably the best spot on the board, if you want to call it that, you want to, if you believe in spots. You know, St. Mary's off that Gonzaga win. LMU's at home after two tough road losses. And LMU has proven, LMU's proven it can beat top teams, right? They took down Gonzaga. Gonzaga. They, they've proven they can play at that level. But I think the Gales might be too good. They beat LMU by 14 in game one. They led by as many as 18. LMU is a bit cold, but they couldn't stop St. Mary's penetration. Mahaney had 25, Logan Johnson had 19. It was easy getting to the rim. LMU can get hot. That's probably their saving grace here. They're 38% from deep in league play. They let it fly. That gives them a puncher's chance, Jim, to keep it close and maybe even pull a massive, massive upset. I would lean their way to, at 7.5, but I don't think I have the stones to take it. Yeah, I think the, the tough part with that and, and trying to get hot against St. Mary's is they're one of the best takeaway the three-point line teams in the country. Mm-hmm. Like They're really good in ball screens of just playing with two and not helping off of shooters, forcing you to hit pull-up jumpers off the dribble or try to find the roll man, pick-and-pop type stuff. Defense is just so sound. I, I'm, I'm a little worried about the hangover, Matt, but I, I still lean St. Mary's here. I just don't – I'm not in love with this LMU team. You did just throw a little shade at your guy, Michael Graham, there, saying they got no other rim protectors besides the Suns. How dare you? How dare I, you? I know. But look at the last two games. You don't let Pacific score 87. Like, come on. Um, yeah, that's not good. Even BYU, too. So that was a little concerning there. This is one of my stupid things where I like the money line and don't love the spread for LMU. I just think it's a high-variance team. So if, you, if you're interested in the spot, you think SMU's over, or SMC's overrated because of just how awesome they've been? I don't think they are. I guess I can see a, a Loyola money line play here at the at the price, but um, I don't know. That's all I got. I think over is a great bet too. I think there's scoring galore, especially if Asanza is out again. Um, Kai, speaking of teams that don't play defense, Pepperdine plays zero defense, but they did get their Correct. first victory in um, 
head scratching slash hair pull out fashion. I was not happy Saturday night when I watched my my pilots lose in an absolute disastrous endgame there. Um, did they get their second win in a row against BYU or does BYU kind of put them back in their place? Yeah, Pepperdine's off its first win. Finally, they're at home. Chance to beat a good BYU team. They definitely have the talent. We've said it all year. Somehow it's the worst offensive team in the WCC with all this talent. It's inefficiency. It's poor shot selection. It's carelessness with the ball. It's doomed them. They're 311th in the country in rim plus three rate per shot quality. They take a ton of mid-rangers. It's It's isolation ball. It's poor coaching. Lorenzo Romar is not a good coach. Uh, But they are a high-variance team. Theoretically, they can beat anybody. They have that talent. BYU's been not too bad. They've been okay. They handled Pepperdine at their place. They scored at will. They likely will again. It's kind of like LMU here, Jim. I lean Pepperdine on the spot, but they're hard to trust, man. They're one of the worst ATS teams in the country, 7-16 and 16 against the spread. I'm not going to try to catch that knife. Yeah, it's bizarre. It, the talent is just so much better than the team has performed at this point. Yep. Would you guys believe if I said Lorenzo Romar's covered five straight against Mark Pope? Mm. I would not believe that. Wow, yeah. that's amazing. No, I Rather shocking. Um, yeah, Pope's one of the best like ATS coaches in his career. But for some reason, the talent level of Pepperdine has always played up against them. Um, he's two five and one against Romar, but the last five, like I said, uh, are to the to the waves. So yeah, Matt, I actually do lean towards Pepperdine here at home. I think they are a little bit better there. Problem is, well, like BYU is a very smart defensive team. They want to force you into the mid range, but like Pepperdine's okay with that. They're, that's like like we just said, that's their shot selection. They do it anyways. Just whether those shots go in, hard team to figure out. I'll I'll sit it out. I'll sit it out. Yeah, sit it out. I kind of same with the LMU angle. I kind of like the the spot here for Pepperdine. I know they just got that win, so you could argue it's a letdown spot. But I think getting a win after losing eleven straight games is kind of uh, you know you kind of need that confidence reassurance to you know maybe flip a switch and and you know unlock that talent potential so to speak. But not going to take it here. Uh, interesting to know. Yeah, you know, this is like a three and a half point discrepancy. Kempom has his four or five, I believe, and the lines up to what eight now. Um, and a lot of money coming on the over. So some people think no defense will be playing tonight up to 153. That is All typical right. per Pepperdine. So yeah, and Pepperdine defense optional, although as Kai mentioned, offense has not lived up to the billing. Yeah. All right, we're going to that conference USA showdown we teased at Chat Mob round one. Jim, your mean green. I'll call him your mean green. Um, at the super pit. Some money coming in on the road. Blazers, who people are starting to buy back in on now that Jelly Walker is back in the mix, started last game, played 30 minutes. His backcourt mate, Eric Gaines, I had a terrible outing. He had eight turnovers, came off the bench there. Um, I like North Texas here. Maybe I'm getting too cute, but I think at minus two, North Texas is the better team. Give me the mean green. Yeah, I I prefer North Texas as well. They've typically been able to drag UAB into slow rock fights, uh, a lot of unders in their games. So if that's an angle that interests you, that could be something. I'm not going to bet it because I think UAB's measurables are a little messed up right now because of Walker having been out. So the total, I think, is actually relatively low. Uh, but, man, I, I think if it's a slow game, Kai, that has to favor North Texas. They're more comfortable in that setting. UAB wants to run, wants to press a little bit. Uh, and I think that's going to be hard to do to a Grant McCaslin team on the road. So I, I actually do lean towards North Texas as well, where the number's at. Apparently in UAB, uh, it, it's a huge revenge chance for them. North Texas clowned them in game one. They, they got it by as many as 16, but there was no Jelly Walker in that game. UAB was one for 10 from three. And North Texas was eight for 17. I, I think some of that stuff comes back the other way. Um, UAB is playing much better as of late, Matt. Clearly, the Andy Kennedy disciplining guys has helped. Um, they look like the team we kind of expected in the preseason. And they also have two major edges. One is offensive rebounding. 
against North Texas team that really doesn't do that well on the glass. And number two is getting to the foul line. North Texas is a classic aggressive physical team that can be feast or famine, depending on the whistle. If the whistle's not going their way, they send UAB to line a lot. I think UAB is a chance to win this game. Uh, two is getting down there. I like the better at three, obviously, um, but I would lean their way, Matt. Yeah, the foul angle uh, raised some eyebrows for me, Kai, like just North Texas, one of those kind of aggressive pack line defenses, right? Compact, but also physical. Um, I don't know if they get the whistle on the road. I like the mean green here quite a bit, actually. I just don't, I think they're better, and the market implies that UAB is better. I'm not, I'm not sold quite yet with Walker just coming back from that injury. Uh, another game, I'm sorry, staying in the conference USA. No, I'm sorry. This is Sunbelt. Excuse me. Pardon me, Jimbo. Southern um, Miss has migrated. Yep. Southern Miss has migrated. I can't keep up with conference realignment. I hate it. They are hosting Louisiana. These two teams are white hot right now. Both very talent rich. Southern Miss has been kind of a covered darling all season. Louisiana has been one as of late. Short spread, I think, on the surface for a team that we know, but you probably haven't realized how good Louisiana has been, how talented they are, Jim. This is a trap line. Minus two and a half trap. <laughs> oh, being trapped that. into this one. Puke we don't use that terminology trap in the show. Line, trap line. Yes. The, the, they have tied the, the odds makers have tied up ropes. They've dug a hole and covered it with leaves. It is a trap. <laughs> if you fall into it, how dare you? Um, Kai, I have a really hard time figuring out how to handicap this game because I have Sunbelt futures on both, but I would vastly prefer Southern Miss to win given the prices I have them at. I made this line exactly two and a half, so uh, hard to tell you I have any value on either side. It feels like more points to me. Uh, both teams can score. Louisiana typically gets pace up a little bit on teams, but again, not, not really strong. I, I just this this game is sort of a hands up one for me. Yeah, it's a huge game. Obviously, the winner gets sole possession of first place. Louisiana already beat Southern Miss, and it wasn't close. The Cajuns dominated them. It was it was domination of the paint. On both ends, the Eagles couldn't score on them. The size, the strength was too much for Louisiana. They've won 10 in a row. Southern Miss has won seven in a row. Both are talented. Both are playing the best basketball. It's going to be a great game. I just don't think Southern Miss has an answer for Jordan Brown. And Terrence Lewis for Louisiana has been a monster this season as well. I'm not sure Southern Miss has an answer for him. On the other end, the Cajuns can throw a few guys at Crowley. Brown's mobile enough to extend on Hass on the perimeter. No real take here on the spread. I agree with Jim. I, I pretty much made the line right where it is. Maybe Cajuns, if you force me, because it seems like they do have a an advantage matchup-wise against uh, Southern Miss. Can I counter that? What about the pressure Southern Miss is going to throw at Louisiana, um, who doesn't really have a true point guard? It's been a recurring issue for this program like the last three years. Um, they've gotten some more reliable ball handlers this year, but I don't know if I fully trust that uh, that kind of influx backcourt. Louisiana wins with their wings and their bigs. If Southern Miss really applies their pressure, I think they struggle with it. I'm going to be cute and square and... Spinny and Jim and go head first in that trap. I'm going to take the uh, the home short favorite here with Southern Miss and keep riding that cover. That right, covers you. I'll get a ladder to get you out of the hole. Thanks. That you fall I appreciate into with that your trap. Yeah, I would appreciate that. Hey, Jim, right back to you. Chat mob part duox. All right, plenty of questions here. Start with a couple from the Paris. Um, I think multiple people have asked about both these games. Kai in the Ohio Valley, Moorhead is minus two at Little Rock. That seems low, right? Little Rock stinks. It does seem low. Little Rock's been very, very competitive. Their last like five or six games, it's all been one possession. They had a chance to win all of them, and especially at home. So I actually, I got a little scared. I stayed away. Normally, I'd be a Moorhead backer here, but I, I'm not taking them. Yeah, ever since their court got ruined by the rain yeah, or whatever, right. they've like seemingly found some sort of rally Additive. point in that. Yes. Yeah, uh, Matthew, 
another dominant team in their league, Oral, Oral Roberts, minus nine on the road at St. Thomas. I think St. Thomas is one of the best home ATS teams in the entire country. Yeah, they are. They've been fantastic there. First game was actually not the bloodbath I thought it would have been. St. Thomas shot the ball worse from three than Oral Roberts and hung around. You got anything on this game? Yeah, I'm a spinny here, and I know I've been disrespecting St. Thomas all year. I do like Oral Roberts, and it's not about a fade St. Thomas thing because they're awesome at home. They're going to keep this game slow possession. I think it's going to play well for a dog here. Even at nine, though, I just like ORU. I think they're just leaps and bounds above the rest of this conference. So I think they continue their upward trajectory. I mean, look at their results, just margin victory-wise, the last few games. A couple of close ones later in there, but mostly it's been bloodbaths. Yeah, I I like. I almost I almost made St. Thomas the best bet today. At, Ooh, even, wow. at, even okay. at eight and a half. Yeah, I, I I like him today. Uh, all right. Kai from Ray Reyes. Simo at Tennessee State. Do we just auto bet the over here between two teams that love track meets? Yeah, that seems about right, Jim. Uh, I don't see how Tennessee State stops Simo. They didn't in game. I think they played already this year and they didn't in game one. Uh, Tennessee State is a team I'm always I have a lean towards on my number and I'm always terrified to bet. I don't trust this team whatsoever. Um, I'm staying away here. Yeah, I mean, every SEMO game is high 70s possessions. Tennessee Tech loves to play fast, too. That This feels like a game where I'm going to endorse the over right now. I'm not going to bet it. And then tonight when there's 180 points, I'm like, why? Why yeah. did I just talk around that game and not actually bet it? Um, I certainly like that angle. All right. Either of you can disagree with me here, but I'll take this one from Gray. Marshall minus eight and a half at Coastal. I thought this was a little high. I, Coastal has been a little bit maddening. Their defense has stunk. I know, Kai, you're, you're frustrated with them over the weekend. Uh, I forget who they played. Oh, Arkansas State. It was one of my most frustrating games in my entire life. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Eight and a half still feels high to me, though. Um, I lean towards Coastal, despite how much of a juggernaut Marshall has been. Jim, Jamar Brown's back for Coastal. I He is he's, to me as Caleb, Caleb Murphy is to you. Yes. He, he's a little right. Caleb Murphy. He, like, he Caleb hasn't Murphy. had an efficient season in his career. Ever. He is just yeah. a chucker. Yeah. So, yeah, maybe that is a, a negative on that one. All right, a couple questions on Eastern Kentucky and Queens, Kai. Total or side, um, certainly lean towards over. Definitely two teams that give me track meet vibes. I almost made Queens a best bet too, but no Gavin Reigns and no Quan McClooney last game scared me off. Yeah, uh, A-Sun home teams, man. You you want me to say it? They're 70% against the spread this year at home. A-Sun home teams, 70%. Yeah, it's, I, I wish we could filter that for only league play. But yeah, I have not done that, but you can't. I, I tried to do it yeah. on Bet Labs and they don't have a Sun games in there. It's like I wish I'd realized that earlier, Jim, but I didn't. So I'm not taking I'm not taking road teams in that league. Yeah, it's it's tough to do. I think the like North Florida is eight and one against the spread at home and Gulf Coast is three and nine against the spread on the road. So there's one if you care about splits. Gulf yeah. Coast is at North Florida today. Uh, Matthew, also a question, uh, a game with side and total questions. Detroit at Milwaukee. <laughs> Milwaukee coming off that shocking loss to Green Bay. Do they bounce back against the Titans? No, I kind of. Are you in Detroit here, Mr. McCann? I didn't check your uh, your no. log today. Off two straight I'm wins. Done. I think they're playing better. They're healthier. <laughs> no, stick with them. The Titans are better. They're going to beat this one. Milwaukee's really well coached. They've played awesome so far this year, but I think Green Bay sort of illuminated a potential selling point for this Milwaukee team. I love Bart Lundy. Love the coaching staff. Just think it's overpriced. I, I think they bounce back. I don't know. I, I'm mm-hmm. I'm betting Milwaukee fading Green Bay today. I, I think those two are different directions after that game. Uh, Kai from OG Souls. I think he said he's going to be at Stonehill Merrimack. Actually, a, a oh, huge one in the NEC. Huge game. Stonehill is tracking towards the uh, the league title in their first season coming up. 
But Merrimack, who also did that in their first year in the league, got the tricky zone, going to be a tough team to play against for Stonehill. Uh, yeah, Stonehill likes to shoot. They can shoot. But I think Merrimack uh, matches up with them really well. I think they destroyed them in the first matchup, and they're playing a lot better recently. I actually lean towards Merrimack here. We can. I now. I, I was going to confirm if they destroyed them, but I don't have it. Yeah, keep up. talking. I'll confirm. I got a computer. All right, appreciate that, Matthew. Yeah, one by twelve on the road. So one we, by just talked on the road. Asun, we just there talked on home teams, but a couple of people asking about Kennesaw minus four at Jacksonville State. I, I kind of like this too. Jackson or Kennesaw off a loss. Jacksonville State has been a team you've beat the drum against all year. Jacksonville State gives up a ton of threes. Kennesaw shoots threes really well. Do you agree? Yeah, wow. I didn't look at this that closely, Jim. You just kind of drove me to betting Kennesaw. Yeah, I like Kennesaw. Too short. Um, I hate spitting in the face of that uh, road <laughs> home split I just mentioned. However, I will mention this is one of those weird schedule schedule spots. Excuse me. Yep. Kennesaw will play Jacksonville State back at home on Saturday. So um, maybe look to bet Jacksonville State there, or the the flip-flop angle. Whoever loses, bet them on Saturday type thing. Uh, we are holstering SIUE Lindenwood for best bets. So we'll get to that in a, in a second, Matt Akers. Kai Graham Haynes asking about Middle Tennessee at Western Kentucky. This feels like whack-a-mole versus whack-a-mole. Uh, uh, but yeah. Western Kentucky's laying points. I tend to be on the other side. Yeah, lean Middle Tennessee, but not betting them or fading them ever again. So yeah, it's close enough to a pick them where it's yeah, not don't really bet like this game. My favorite. God. Yeah. Uh, Matthew also in CUSA. Louisiana Tech at Florida International. The Bulldogs are down there for their road trip where you're going to see them. Are they going to take care of business on the road at FIU? I believe FIU is favored in that game. Minus one. Yeah, pick. Yep, minus one. Yeah, FIU's been solid. I think uh, Ballard's a coach I like. He was struggling to kind of figure out the pieces and style he wanted to play early. He's now in like a mediocre pace, not like the super fast lane pace he was starting off that they've won for the last five, just almost beat UAB at UAB. I like FIU here back at home. I think they're trending up. They've right, covered Kai, like five straight, I think. Yeah, FIU's been yeah, really good. Something like they're that. They're trending away. They're playing slower. It's <clears throat> they, they've, you know, found out that mania pace isn't really the best thing for him. Healthier uh, with Kai, uh, what's his face, but yeah, sorry, go ahead. Kai Darrell asked about or, or Daryl, sorry, uh, asked about Appalachian State. They are on the road at Louisiana Monroe Lane two. Still no Tyree Boykin. That's the one thing keeping me off the Mountaineers here. Yeah, and I tend to like Appalachian better at home. Um, and Monroe's been weirdly good Monroe's this good, season. Guys. Sorry, Spicy. Monroe's good. Yeah, I, I'm staying away from this one. I, I guess I'd lean the home team here. Um, can't trust App State on the road or or uh, land points. All right, Matt, last one before we go to best bets. You see Santa Barbara lane one on the road at Long Beach. Santa Barbara off a mystifying loss to Northridge. Real confusing. Meanwhile, Beach has actually been kind of competent without Joel Murray. I like the Gauchos. What do you think? Yeah, I like Gauchos too. I know you guys love the Gauchos. I like them here, and I've been a Beach boy most of the year. So if I like him, I think that probably means something. Yep. No, it doesn't. It means it's probably going to lose. But yeah, Gauchos here, Jim. Good spot. All right, Matt. We'll go to best bets. And we do Oral Roberts. A guy was screaming about it in the chat. Yeah, we we, we talked. We talked to Oral Roberts St. Thomas. Did we? I was yeah. sorry. I was asleep. I almost gave St. Thomas as a best bet, I said, but I, I didn't. I got spooked because Oral Roberts is really good. Uh, right, yeah. Best bets, Matthias. Reminder for you and the people you gave out Wagner. I don't know if you remember that, but Wagner minus yeah, two. Yeah, Wagner was a sh- yeah, kind of shoehorn that one in there. Uh, minus two and a half. The Seahawks on the road, going from Staten Island to Brooklyn. And I'm also going to take another short road favorite, SIUE. My Cougars going to Lindenwood. Kai out there in St. Charles. Shout yeah. out to Main Street. Shout out to yeah. St. Chuck. 
wine country of the Midwest. Smoking in bars, um, it's all good. Yeah, it's all Charles. good. It's all honky dory <laughs> out there, baby. Um, SIUE, I think, had like a little mini uh, lull. They're kind of back on track. You look at Lindenwood's last two games, they won, but they beat Martin without Parker Stewart, very good player. They beat EIU without their two S players. So I'm putting a big fat asterisk next to those. Looking for SIUE to take them to the woodshed in a pretty short travel here spot on the road. So let's go Cougars, uh, full game minus six. All right. My best bet's going to be a, a, a Southland total. So get ready. It's New Orleans Nickel State over 149 and a half. Uh, Nichols games have actually been turning under recently. Um, they, they've flipped a little bit to the over, but the point is New Orleans cannot stop anybody on defense and Nichols offense is pretty good. I think they'll score at will. I also think the pace is going to play pretty high in this game. Um, no sense for Nichols slowing it down like they have in the past. And New Orleans only knows one speed. So New Orleans Nichols over. Love it, Kai. Hey, I've given a bunch of Southland totals this year. I'm not going to give you yeah. any shade for that. This total has come down like one or two points, which gives me a little bit of pause, but there it is. Uh, all right, my best bet is the Montana Idaho State under 133. I see people already reacted to it in the chat. Uh, yeah, I bet a lot of Montana unders this year. Uh, they're just very slow squad. First game had 139 points, but Montana went absolutely nuts offensively. Scored I think 1.3 points per possession. I mean, maybe they could do that again. Idaho State's a bad defensive squad, but um, I, I think this one stays slow, a lot closer to that efficiency. Getting back to my roots here after a lucky over in overtime yesterday, going to a going back to an under Montana, Idaho State under 133. Love it. Three locks. Uh, thank us later. Actually, thank us on Saturday morning. Four locks. We re- Four locks. That's right. I threw in a Wagner at the buzzer. Um, thank us Saturday morning. We will be back here at what time? 1015 Central, 1115 Eastern, 815 on the West Coast. Until then, good luck tonight and join us on the weekend. Take care. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.